Ooh, good morning, Northland. Do you remember where you were when those great things happened? Do you remember where you were when um, Vinny took a little school by the name of North Carolina State and won the championship? That was big news, all right. Yeah, that was big news. And do you remember where you were? And I gotta watch this because my granddaughter out in California was watching yesterday and she said, Grandpa, I didn't know you were so intense. <laughs> but I wanna start by doing this. Amen. Amen. And I basically, I just wanted to let them know, it's good to see you. Hello. How are you? And we can all take time to bring a little bit of joy into someone else's life. We can do that. Now, give it up for Rhythms of Grace. Woo-wee! And our access ministry, they do a great job, don't they? In just a minute, I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me as we read the scripture for today. But right now, I want to ask some special people to stand with me. Those people who are able to recite Psalms 100 from memory. So if you can recite Psalms 100 from memory, stand up with me as we go into make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye people, serve the Lord with gladness. Come on, stand if you know it. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Who are we? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. Amen? You know, there needs to be some place, thank you for standing with me, there needs to be some place where you can come and you don't have to worry about saying amen. You don't have to worry about saying go ahead. You can say anything that the Lord puts on your heart to say and that place is here right now in Northland Church. It does not bother me one bit. I am kind of intense, ain't I? <laughs> Now that I think about it, wow, that's, that's, that's really, that's really kind of intense there. But, but I came to let y'all know something. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now let's all stand together and recite the scripture for today, which comes from the book of Luke the second chapter, beginning with the eighth verse. All right, so are y'all standing? And I want you to read this aloud with me. Let me hear you up here, okay? Here we go. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night.
Amen. You may be seated. Great job. Give yourselves a hand. That was fantastic. You know, when we talk about God and we talk about glorifying and praising God, we got to recognize that praise is with the lips, right? Praises with the lips. When somebody asks you about your grandson or your granddaughter who's doing good and they, and they tell you, tell me something about your granddaughter or your grandson, you don't sit there like this. That ain't praising. When you take, they say something, you want to know about my grandson, the one who's two months old and who's speaking in full sentences? Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you about my grandson who's two months old, who's wearing clothes meant for nine month old people. Yes, I can tell you that's what praise is. But I want to break this down for you just a little bit. Did you ever consider where the shepherds were when this event happened to them? Someplace that you guys are on a regular basis. Let me see the hand of everybody in here right now. Let me do it this way. Anybody who wants to be working or anybody who's working. We're going to give the retired people a, a pass on this one. If you raise your hand for me. Amen. That's where the shepherds were. They were at work. They actually, if you're very astute, they were working the night shift. Okay, and they had prepared themselves for just about anything. They had prepared themselves for wolves or, or, or sheep rustlers. Yeah, sheep rustlers. You know, if they have cattle rustlers, they must have had sheep rustlers too, right? Sheep rustlers, lions, wolves, whatever the case might be. They were prepared for it. But let me tell you something. Something happened. Imagine yourself out there with them. So they are on guard, ready for just about anything because they're just determined that nothing is going to catch them by surprise. You've seen the staffs that shepherds have, a hook on the end so they can grab the sheep and bring them back into the fold. You've seen the staffs that they use to beat away animals and things like that. They were probably a little nonchalant about the evening, just hanging out, you know, doing their job, whatever the case might be. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, a single angel appeared to them in the sky. But not only that, then the glory of the Lord filled the place where they were and it showed up all around them. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Can't you imagine them looking at each other and saying, what is this? This is something we are not prepared for. We know how to deal with a lion. We know how to deal with a bear. Those are things that David actually dealt with in his life as a shepherd. But these guys saw this great thing that was happening to them and they became greatly afraid. Not just afraid, but greatly afraid. And the word great is used twice in here. Let's talk about greatly afraid because some of you may not know what it means to be greatly afraid. I'm going to give you two examples. This is the last service. I might take an extra minute in my time. So let me tell you about fear. Let's just say that you're going to play a game of basketball and you're going to play against an NBA ball player and you're going to play against Doc Rivers. 
Everybody loves Doc Rivers. Great coach, love him, love his son, doing great things. That's my man. But as you are lacing up your shoes, your opponent steps out of the darkness. So you're fearful because here comes Doc Rivers, right? But out of the darkness comes Michael Jordan. Woo! See, that's the difference between fear and great fear. Here's another example. If I fall down here, I'm fearful. I can be fearful of falling down here. But if I'm standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon and I fall, that's great fear. You see, there's a difference. These shepherds had great fear that was in their life. But another type of great was revealed to them as they stood there miserable. The angel said this, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of, here's that second great, great joy. See, whew, I didn't say this earlier, but I'm going to say it now. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And God was graceful to us. All right? This joy shall be for all the people. You see, this event was not just for Northland. This event was not just for the shepherds who were in the field. This event was not just for the people who were in the manger. This event was not just for those people who were there on the night that this happened. This event was not just for Paul when he went around to all the countries and established churches. This event was for all people. And that means you and you and you and you. God brought his son into the world. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in rags, lying in a feeding trough and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels praising God with the heavenly host and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is well pleased this is the joy that comes. The term that I talked about a little bit earlier was fear, but the Bible tells the shepherds to fear not. Here's a little tidbit for you. Take this home with you. Do you know that the term fear not appears in scripture 365 times? One for each day of the year. Say amen, somebody. Amen. amen. Lift up your voice. God inhabits the praises of his people. We'll come to that in a little bit. Now, there are three areas I want to break down for you. I want to describe things that can bring you joy, that, but can also bring you misery, because the opposite of joy is misery. Right? So, Let's talk about these things. The first one is money. 
right here, money. Money is great. I don't have a problem with money. Now, sometimes you've heard this cliche that if you gave some people a million dollars, before long they would be broke again. All I got to say to God is, Lord, try me, Lord, <laughs> and see <laughs> if there be any wicked way in me. <laughs> Amen? Amen. There's nothing wrong with money. The Word of God tells us that money answers all things. That's in Ecclesiastes. The challenge is not money. The challenge is the love of money. For it is the root of all kinds of evil. Having money will have you sitting on top of the world one day. And then when that money takes wings and flies away, it will put you into a state of depression. Or you may feel that you have too little money to the point that you are under pressure all the time. So it comes down to how do you handle the money that you have? I'm here to tell you, use it for the glory of God and you will never be disappointed. I want to take a side note here. How many of you guys are enjoying that beautiful air conditioner that's, that's hitting you right now, huh? Y'all enjoy that? Feels good, doesn't it? How many of you like the lights so that you can walk around and you can see what's going on? Guess what? That takes money. That takes your tithe and offerings. So when you give into the work of the Lord, you are doing a good thing. So don't forget your tithes and offerings as we offer them up to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, so that's the first thing. So it's okay to have joy in the money that God has provided for you and your family, but never let that be your greatest joy, all right? So the next thing I wanna to talk to you about is career. You know, some of us spend a lifetime chasing a career. We embrace it, we give ourselves to it, we reap our satisfaction from it. Our jobs may become our everything. We become joyful and doing a great work. And we should, we should work as unto the Lord, right? However, I want you to know two cliches. When that job goes away, whether because you planned it to go away from retirement or unplanned, that job that you hold so dear, it can be devastating. It can be like a punch in the stomach. I, in my pastoral ministry, I have found two CEOs who have been ushered from their offices without being told beforehand. And that feels like a punch in the stomach. Hmm, it can be devastating. The prophet Frank Sinatra, any of y'all know Frank? The prophet Frank Sinatra said it this way. He said, that's life. That's what all the people say. Riding high in April, finish that for me. Shot down in May. Shot down in May, that's right. That's life, that's the way it is. 
And, but here's the real part that I want you to understand about career and the chasing of career. Going into the hospitals, administering last rites and things like that that I have done, I have never met a man on his deathbed who said to me, Pastor, I wish I had spent more time at the office. So it's okay to take joy in your career. It's okay to take joy in that, but never let it become your greatest joy. You with me so far? Say amen, somebody. Amen. All right, all right. And the last one I want to talk to you about is people. People. My dear mother told our family that the greatest thing that God has placed on this earth is people. There's nothing more uplifting than seeing a smiling face. There's little more encouraging than a steadfast husband or a steadfast wife or a trustworthy lifelong friend. They add value and confidence to your life. They can be difference makers in your emotional security and your stability. However, those same people can bring you some of the most devastating blows you will ever feel in your life. The loss of a child. The friend who undermines you. The infidelity of a spouse. These acts can quickly turn your happiness into great sorrow. So by all means, take joy in what God has given you and people. But remember, the Lord told us that along with people come great trials that will test our faith. But we are told in the book of James to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces patience, steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So where can you find this great joy that will never leave you or forsake you? Over here, you may be unhappy because you feel undervalued on your job. People just don't take you seriously enough. Fear not. Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. Over here, you're sad because your bills are just overtaking you. You don't know how you're going to pay those bills that are coming at you so rapidly. Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. Over here, your friends, they've forsaken you. They said things about you you never thought that they would say about you. Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. Over here, your husband or your wife have left you. They've been unfaithful to you. Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings 
of great joy, which shall be to all the world. Nehemiah tells us, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And as John Cartinus so aptly reminded us last week in John 3.17, you see everybody knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But 317 is just as powerful. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Amen. So no matter what kind of situation you may find yourself in, remember the words of Habakkuk. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive shall fail and the fields yield no food. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold and there will be no herds in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. He is greater than anything you have to deal with. So when you come up against those things that can bring you joy on one hand and misery on the other, I want you to remember these things. When you come up against that joy uh, like money that brings you also sorry, it can be a joy, but don't let it be your greatest joy because your greatest joy is Jesus. Always remember, when you have your career in front of you and things aren't going the way that you think they should go and they bring you misery, don't let it be your greatest joy because your greatest joy is Jesus. When you come and you see people treat you, mistreat you, and all those things that just bring you sadness after they brought you so much joy. Never let it be your greatest joy because your greatest joy is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Trade everything for the joy of Jesus. So what are we going to do this week? Now earlier I asked that you stand with me as we recited from memory Psalms 100. And you know we need to recommit ourselves to burying the word of God in our hearts that we might not sin against him. So we're going to do this again. And you guys were so beautiful earlier. I'm going to start out and I'm going to let you finish. But let's put Psalms 100, verse 1 through 5, up on the screen. Would you all stand with me? We're going to repeat this scripture right here. And I want you to say it like you mean it. I want you to say it like you love the Lord God. I want you to say it out of the depths of your heart. Because the very air you breathe is a gift from God. If you don't believe me, I know people right now who are on respirators 
trying to get that next breath. I know people right now who would love to be able to feed themselves, who can't. So let's read this together with the emphasis of which it was intended. Are you ready? I can't hear you, are you ready? All right, here we go. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Yes. We, yes. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. You may be seated. So don't let anything rob you of your joy. Don't let money steal your joy because your greater joy is in Jesus. Don't let that career keep you from your family. Don't let that career rob your joy because your greatest joy is in Jesus. Don't let people steal your joy because people are gonna pass away. Your greatest joy is in Jesus. Don't let COVID ruin your joy because COVID is gonna pass away. Your greatest joy is in Jesus. Give everything for the joy of Jesus. And when I come down like that, I'm trying to remember what my granddaughter told me. I just, just want y'all to know, I, just, I could stay up there all day long, but I, thank you anew. I appreciate you out there in California. Now, how many of you guys remember Charles Schultz? Remember Schultz? Charles Schultz had a little obscure cartoon character by the name of Peanuts, where the key character in this thing was a guy by the name of Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown was actually Charles Schultz writing of himself. Now I heard, I heard Paul Harvey, some of y'all are just way too young. <laughs> Am I right, Nick? They just way too young. Y'all, there used to be this guy who would come on every day at noon all over the country. How many of y'all remember Paul Harvey? What was his tagline? Paul Harvey, good day. <laughs> right? Right. So, Charles Schultz, who I believe was Jewish, was asked to write a Peanuts script for television. And he came up with the unmistakable Charlie Brown Christmas story. And in that Christmas story, he put one scene that the network executives had a problem with. They came to Charles and they said, well, Charles, I don't know if our shareholders will allow us to, to put this out when we air your story. We'd like to take it out. Charles Schultz, a Jewish guy, I believe. I tried to verify it, I couldn't. Some of you may be able to verify it. Charles Schultz said no, because that scene is the essence of a Charlie Brown Christmas. So if you're going to use this, it is a mandate that this scene be a part each time you show it. We're gonna show that scene right now. Everything I do 
turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amen. Amen. That has got to be, that has got to be the most powerful one minute and 33 seconds in the history of television, right? But I want you to notice something that happened in there that you may not be aware of. You guys know Linus had his security blanket, right? Did you notice that Linus actually dropped his blanket? He dropped it. Why did he drop it? Because he was talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who was his great joy, who was his real security, who was the one who said that he would never leave him or forsake him. He dropped the blanket. So what we want you to do is we want you this week to do a few things. Number one, we want you to commit yourself to giving joy to the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Don't let this shopping, don't even let getting your Christmas dinner together. So what if you don't get the sweet potatoes done? Don't nobody care. It's all right. Give some glory to God. This is a day for us to reattach ourselves to the Lord most high. And then there's something else I want you to do. I want you to consider joining us. One of the ministries that I tell you that I pastor is called Real Men Read. And we meet Monday through Friday. Take your phones out, take a picture. We want you to join us Monday through Friday at seven o'clock in the morning from seven to 7.10, just 10 minutes. You wanna learn how to say that Psalms 100 by heart? Join us on Real Men Read. That's the call-in number. We've been doing this now for three years. And that one is very important that you put it in there because this has gone from being just a national ministry to an international ministry. That is now an international phone number. So we want you to join us in the mornings from 7 to 7.10. Once again, I want to do this before I bring Kaylee out, and she's going to come in just a second. I want to note some people that you guys never see. There's a guy by the name of Jeff who runs this whole thing that takes place up here. Don't clap. We're going to give him some applause in a second. There's somebody named Faith. 
there's Steve, there's Gabriel, right? And there are just a number of other people that I'm probably going to forget, but it's not my intention, charge it to my head and not my heart. But my favorite one is the guy who sits upstairs by the name of James in public. That's his name. Give those young people a round of applause for the great job that they do each and every Sunday on your behalf. And with that, I am going to ask Kaylee to come back out for some closing announcements. Oh, by the way, that was my first close. If you've ever been to a Baptist church, a black church, you know, you get, you get three closes. That's my first close. All right, Kaylee. <laughs>